Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in. This is Winning Cures Everything, July 10th, Friday. I am once again without Gary, but I've got my friend John Lacombs, one-third of Westlot Pirates, our friends from Northwestern. Had Sam on yesterday. I completely jacked up that, but uh, we got a <laughs> podcast out of it. Hopefully this works better. How you doing, John? Not bad, man. I guess considering we're all kind of hanging on, but uh, yeah, so... So far, so good. Yeah, anyway, I think we'll get to it in a little bit, but I guess we're to the point where the Big Ten's, the Big Ten's issuing noise, issuing news that some people consider a bad thing, and I'm basically like, I'm treating it like a good thing. Any, anything that I can hang on to at this point. Yeah, as long as we get sports, I'm okay. Gary and I have talked about this before. This year, I'm willing to throw all traditions, all customs out the window to get something. Okay. Yep. This is this is one of those things where Christmas dinner is usually a huge spread, right? If I if I get a ham sandwich, I'm I'm really really happy right now. Exactly. So, well, well, let's let's get into it a little bit. I, first, I'll introduce you a little bit more. You are probably you've you've surpassed one person in my life. Okay, my favorite person in the world to argue with and fight with has been one of my best friends in the world. His name's Trey. He's an attorney. He argues for a living, right? And we we agree on some things, we disagree on some things, and when we disagree, it's fun because he's really smart and hard to argue with, and I like that. I think you're my new favorite person that I like to argue with, but what's been weird lately is in our group chat, you make a lot of sense, and I kind of want to read your text and think, how can I disagree with this? I don't. I like it. I like what he's saying. We're on the same page. But uh, you've become that person in my life that <laughs> you I, challenged the way I think a whole lot, and I appreciate it. Well, usually it has something to do with – see, I'm like – I'm a New Hampshire boy. So New England sports, born and bred, et cetera. And then, see, when, when you're someone like that and you leave the Northeast, one of two things happens. Either you double down mm-hmm. like Bill Simmons style. You double down like 500%. Or you kind of emerge from the fog and go – wow, everyone is just us against the world up there. And that's what I did. And then you find someone like a random northern Mississippi boy who has sold his soul to New England sports. And I don't even know where to go with that. So I'd say that's a source of about 90% of our arguments. But I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm excited about it. So let's get into it. You guys are Big Ten country. Right now you're going through your Big Ten previews. Yep. Which, which is my favorite time of the year with your podcast, Westlot Pirates. You can find them on any podcast network. And um, 
I, I love going through it and listening to it because you break down every team in the Big Ten. What do you think the basic state of Big Ten football is right now compared to the rest of the country, and and and, and what do you see going forward, strengths, weaknesses, that sort of stuff? Well, it's funny because the way you say that, like, you're absolutely right. We get so deep in the weeds on every one of these teams, especially in the summer, that for us, there's just so many moving pieces to it. I think when you get outside of the Big Ten and you look at the rest of the country, people are mainly going to view the quality of the conference from like, okay, so in what way does the Big Ten enter the national discussion, right? And I think this season in particular is a really strong season from that perspective because Ohio State's going to be so good. And I think because we're used to doing this, we've been doing this 10 years, we've been previewing this, doing these summer previews for 10 years, we're really kind of used to following the rises and falls of like Ohio State, right? And we all know Ohio State's loaded with talent year in and year out. And then it's always a question of, okay, so like, what do we think they're going to be doing as far as like capitalizing on that talent, et cetera? And I think what separates this Ohio State team from a lot of the ones in the past and certainly of the late Urban Meyer era is, and this isn't to throw shade at Urban, it's just to say they have as good of a collection of coaches on that team right now as you are going to find anywhere, really. I mean, you're talking, you've got Madison, Washington, Larry Johnson Sr., that's just on the defensive side of the ball, um, and there and then you know on the offense side you've got Ron you know you've got day take you know running the whole show and then Kevin Wilson with the offense but they're returning so much on that offense and even though they lose Chase Young and more importantly a ton of the secondary on the defense they've got a ton coming back there but I think more than that there's this perception that even though their secondary coach is now Boston College's head coach they still return so much coaching so much talent and there's a stability there so it's like their defense is probably going to be top three or four their offense might be the best offense in the country um and this feels like their year like it's I don't think just about anyone's gonna gonna argue that you know, if you're if you're betting, it's Clemson Ohio State title game, right? I think so, you're right. Alabama LSU just lost the two best quarterbacks in the history of both those schools. Right, right. So exactly. So it's it kind of feels like the stars are aligned for Ohio State this year. If you look at the conference beyond that, you know, to your earlier question, are there teams that are really strong in certain areas? Absolutely. I mean, like there's an argument to be made that the best player in the country is Micah Parsons at Penn state. Like he's that good. Um, and best, you know, Wisconsin's going to be in play for best overall defense in the country. What Jim Leonard's doing there is just like mind blowing, yes. but complete in terms of completeness, Ohio state Lords over everything. And I think they're going to be probably the first, second or third ranked team in the country all season long. And I think because of that, the Big Ten is going to be in the discussion all season long. So I would say there have been years where there were a stronger top five or six teams in the conference than there are right now. But they're even as good as Ohio State is year in and year out. There aren't as many years where everyone is just like, look, this is very likely the best team in the country. They're going to be riding towards the national title game all season. And that's definitely what we have this year. So let me let me ask you this. You brought up Penn State. A lot of people have Penn State as a top 
three to five. I don't know anybody that has them lower than five realistically in a preseason ranking. You think they're going to be that good? You think they're going to live up to that? Is Franklin at that level now? No. Well, we ought to go get Scuzz on here and he could give you a James Franklin diatribe. You know, we have, <laughs> we have is Scuzz's, Scuzz's feelings, and this is Eric Scalzbo from our pods, feelings on James Franklin are amazing and always worth our time. But um, I would say Penn State's defense is so good. It all revolves around Parsons, and that sounds simplistic, but it, it's rare that you got a guy who's so good that the whole rest can revolve around him. It's Penn State really hasn't seen a guy like that since LeVar Arrington. I mean, Parsons is that good. And but offensively, I think you look at that and you look at you can juxtapose them with Michigan, a team that they're probably going to play a nail biter with um, this season. And these are two teams that are probably going to be really strong on defense, but they're going to have real problems on offense. And I think it's just like, is Penn State going to be near the top of that conference? Absolutely, because their defense is going to be so strong and it's just going to stone three quarters of the teams that they play. But I would say, aside from Ohio State, every other team in the conference has some real warts, and that includes Penn State. It's just not a perfect offensive football team, and they lose, you know, some real pieces on that offense. So, again, like top five, I don't know. Like their that defense is going to carry them a long way. I mean, it's a strong defensive conference, and the top is the, shelf is is the really- defense Parsons. And then a separation gap? Are they loaded on defense and he's just a monster? It's Because Ohio State had Chase Young last year, but the rest of the defense was elite. LSU didn't have a single elite, elite player, but they were four- and five-star amazing talent across the board. It was was weird because – Again, I don't want to step on our Penn State preview too much because we haven't yeah, gotten haven't released that. that yet. And you haven't got to that. I get it. Yeah. But without but without getting into it too much, I think Penn State almost did a total identity reversal last year on defense. It's really kind of stunning because the year before, that was the best pass rushing team in the nation. In the country, yeah. No, that and was really incredible. They basically did like a gut rebuild. They didn't um, get after the quarterback at all, and they played it right for for no reason other than they realized they had the best player in the country, maybe, and they wanted to rebuild things around him, and it totally worked. Yeah, and I think now their identity is firmly set around him and stopping the run, almost kind of like as a, a more Michigan State mold, which is ironic cool. because like who knows what Michigan State's going to be this year, but it, traditionally that's the way they operate, and it's the same kind of thing. You're in a conference where stopping the run's a big deal. I mean, yeah. the, the Big Ten is still – the SEC used to be that, and we have very much molded into you got to be an offensive juggernaut if you really want to win an, uh, an SEC title and, and, and a national title. I think um, you – the Big Ten is still very defense, run the football heavy. Uh, so let's get off the top two guys, and we'll we'll transition to Northwestern specifically in a minute and, and what's happening in the Big Ten right now overall. But do you think – so Rutgers aside, okay, <laughs> the like, where do you really think the bot? Because y'all have like a, well, I would say you have a very large middle class that is really competitive. Yeah, and from year to year, can be good. Northwestern coming off one of the worst seasons that I can remember them having. Most disappointing, definitely after competing for the Big Ten title the previous year. But it, 
I just feel like anybody can have the season you guys had last year because there's a middle class there where there's not a lot of easy wins anytime when you're in conference. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And I think one team, again, and we haven't done three quarters of our previews. Yeah, we're just getting started on that. I mean, we've all done the research. We've done certainly the research. And I think that's why, for example, if you've seen a team like Minnesota fall off a cliff this year and the rest of the nation is shocked and like, oh my gosh, I didn't see that happen. Like, don't say we didn't warn you that something like that could happen. I think people look for narratives like that, but you take a team like Minnesota has massive turnover. Um, And despite, you know, the the kind of PJ Flekasance, there's not too much talent coming in, especially on the defensive side of the ball to deal with all of that. And given everything you said and given like the, the potential competitiveness of the conference with that said I think there are when you step back I think there is a really defined underclass in the conference right now and I mean obviously like you said it starts with Rutgers which is they're on an island by themselves but Maryland is rapidly arriving down in that area Maryland's defense this year is going to be I I mean it's going to be Absolutely, epically bad. So they, um, they do look like the one team that's going to play a Big Twelve football. They're going right. to they're going to punt on defense and try to build an offensive explosion and see what can right. happen. They can score which, twenty eight points. Which was the, the plan? Which was the plan last year, and then it all went sideways. But yeah. um, Illinois uh, underclass, I think people maybe people who think they were a cute story last year are unaware of just how unbelievably lucky that team was. Um, and then, of course, the one who's surviving by laundry alone at this point, which is Nebraska. I mean, I, I yeah. Nebraska is is not a contender in the conference. They're fighting You're for a contender in the division. Right. They're fighting for mid-level right now. Yeah, they're, they're trying to become, you know, in that middle class that I was referring to talent-wise. Right. They right. got the money. They got the facilities. They got the school, and they got the fan base. But, yeah. but that big red machine don't go out there and line up and, and, and stop people from scoring. Yeah. Anybody can score on them. Right. I think the flip side is now you've got, I'd say, the emergence of Purdue um, and especially Indiana. But both of those teams, I think Indiana is at this specific moment probably solidly the – sixth or seventh best team in the conference. Um, what Tom Allen's doing there is really good. Um, we've previewed them already, and they're an excellent offensive team if Michael Penix doesn't get hurt. Uh, and their defense is not half bad. It's not nearly what the Kevin Wilsons were. And then Purdue is just – Purdue's basically like, we're only going to play on one side of the ball all season, and it just might work for us. Um, they're going to play – 100% offensive football, and you, you're you not going to see much better offensive football, and they're going to give up 40 points a game. Well, one thing I say about the Big Ten, and I've said this for the last couple of years, I'm going to stand by it. It's the best coached conference in the country, and I don't think that's close, by the way. I don't, I don't think that's close. I think teams that are not great, Purdue struggling to kind of stay relevant in that middle class level, whatever, I, I – very well coached football. They had a lot of bad coaches in that conference. Right. And that, that I think that gives a lot of class to it. And I think it, that's what keeps it as competitive as big 10 football is. 
It is. And I mean, I think it's deep. And again, that's to go back to Ohio State. There, you won't find a better collection of coaches that's in right. the country. You've got multiple guys who've been head coaches on that team. Um, you've got guys where I think they're fortunate to have guy, a guy like, let's say, Larry Johnson Sr., right, who he's a guy who could have a bunch of jobs other places and is content being just the defensive line coach at Ohio state. And then above him, a guy like Madison who, you know, could be a head coach content to be there DC. And of course day is the question for him is NFL or is he staying at Ohio state? I mean, that's a guy whose ceiling is whatever he wants to set it at. Right. And Wilson who's done that. I mean, he was at Oklahoma forever, then Indiana, like, this is a guy who, in theory, could return to you know another head coaching job if he wants to down the road. And they're just stacked at coaching, and it makes a big difference. And then, yeah, you go through the rest of the conference. But on the other hand, I think you know you get to a situation where, let's say, a guy like Lovey Smith, who carried that defensive reputation from the NFL, like a classic, you know, even as far back as like Tampa, like a classic Tampa 2 innovator. And now it's like, yeah, but what are you now? Because this is a coaching conference and like, how do you measure up in that group? So um, yeah, no, I mean, I think I, I wouldn't disagree. I think there, there are certain people and I'm sure in Ann Arbor, they would wholeheartedly agree that could use a little bit more innovation, um, especially on, on the offensive side of the ball and the same kind of things that you might see in a, for example, Penn State, right? Playing Memphis in their bowl game. You know, it feels like Penn State is slapping at that gnat the entire game, being like, we just don't see this in the conference. And these guys are just throwing all over us. And Parsons is running around and putting up like 25 tackles or whatever the hell he had that game. But Memphis is still scoring points. And Penn State's like, what even is this? And it's like, but so, yeah, I mean, it's quality coaching. Like you said, hard, hard, big time defense, mainly run oriented football. Um, but you know, with one perfect team at the top of the the heap right yeah, now. Yeah, they, they really are that. So let's get off of that. Let's move to the schedule. Yesterday, had some <laughs> hint that this might be happening the day before. Yesterday, news drops as, as soon as Sam and I finished recording that the Big Ten is absolutely going to do in-conference only schedule, getting rid of all the non-con games and playing amongst themselves. Um what do you think about this? And then I've got some thoughts. Some of these I, I listened to and read Dan Wetzel from Yahoo talk about it. And he makes he brings up some interesting things that I thought pretty I'm okay with all of this happening, by the way, because it means I get some football every week. So I'm good with it. What do you think about the conference only scheduling? Well, first of all, right, I mean, we talked about it right off the top that I think you're holding, you're trying to grasp for anything right at this point. So it's kind of like, I take this as like, good. That means we're going to have football means they're trying to do something. I think right off the bat, the first thing everyone said is, okay, so I guess we're just going to lop off the conference, get the non-con and go from there. It's a little bit more complicated than that first though, because yep. one, they're talking about adding another conference game, yep. which means like, Nine or 10, so they're right. thinking about maybe 10. They haven't said that yet. Right. So if they do that, I mean, right off the bat, like, you know, we're Northwestern people. We always start our previews with our four no plays, right, which is Rutgers, Indiana, Ohio State, 
Michigan. You listen to that group. Obviously, it makes a big difference to us which one of those teams we get picked, right? It could be Rutgers. It could be Ohio State. That's basically win versus loss. So that's part of it. The other part of it is not all schedules are are created the same. Now, on one hand, you could say like, okay, so Michigan's they're losing um, uh, Washington, that date at Washington to start yep. things off. And Ohio State's losing a date with Oregon. Correct. But you also have like some basic scheduling things. Most of the teams in the conference, I think, are beginning would begin conference play, play three non-cons and begin conference play on September 26th. We're one of the teams that doesn't. We start right off the top against Michigan State Labor Day weekend. So then the question is, all right, so is their goal to push everything back like three weeks or is their goal to just spread things out and create more gaps? And they've kind of said a little bit of, of all of that. So I think after everyone blinked for a second, everyone was like, look, I don't necessarily. So, for example, if we're adding a team, those four teams that I mentioned are no plays. None of those four teams has a buy the same week as our buy. And none of those four teams has a buy the same week that we play Morgan State, which has been ripped from our schedule in November, which means you can't just do a plug and play for us. You can't just take one of those four games and plug it into that spot. But I guarantee you, if you take away your non-conference games and take away their non-conference games, you basically have four open weeks that you can fit one of those teams in. Right. But then the question is, if the goal is to push everything back and give yourselves a little bit more breathing room, that goes out the window if you start. I I don't think that's happening, by the way. I actually don't think that's happening. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, initially, you're like, well, if the goal was to just take everyone's bye week out, start the 26th and go 10 straight games all the way through. I think they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and just rewrite the schedules. So that's Wetzel brought that up. And Wetzel said, if I was going to do this and I'm the commissioner and I'm making the statement to do this, which I actually think this will spiral into all power five teams conferences. And probably a lot of the G fives are going to do the same thing. Um, If, if I were in control of that, I would throw the schedule out completely and I would basically work in two week gaps because you're not doing anything with fans. You're not preparing four or five weeks out for a team that you're going to play six months from now or three months from now, whatever. That's not how football works. If, if you, if you basically came up with a four week schedule and then by time week two is done, you have the next two weeks planned out and say, okay, the, we're going to do these two games. That gives you flexibility on, let's say a team gets hit really bad with the coronavirus and they need to quarantine as a team for two weeks. So, all right, we we haven't even scheduled this thing out past four weeks. So we, we, we'll take them out of play for two. And we basically have three months to get in nine to ten games. And And there's plenty of time to do that, but you have to be okay with throwing tradition out the window. You have to be okay with if Ohio State, Michigan, for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply needs to happen in week four and not at the end of the year Alabama Auburn has to like these big traditional rivalries have to happen in these types of settings that's fine because I'm willing to give anything I have to give to get something this year right no I think that's the thing and I think the the Big Ten is part of them thing behind closed doors they're like look we just need to usher Ohio State through this season and get them to yeah. the playoff. Yeah, and then you can say so, but I do think you're right, and I think to your point about tradition, one thing that they're gonna have to do probably is what I would imagine is they're gonna they're gonna rip the non cons off the schedule. They're gonna look and they're gonna be like, look, all right, we want to preserve the nine opponents every team already had, and we want to try to preserve who's home and who's away. Because Lord have mercy, if like. Ohio State has to go to Ann Arbor two years in a row or vice versa two years in a row. People will lose their minds. Well, I mean, it does suck. So, when, if you're hosting your big rival this year, that right. sucks for you because you're basically going to play an away game, a neutral site game, and an away oh. game three years in a row. LSU had to have that happen with Florida. And it's just when the hurricane happened, they put it in Baton Rouge. They gave them literally – 34 hours, 36 hours, something like that, to sell tickets and, and get fans in there. They had like, I don't know, 800 people show up to the game, and that counted as LSU's home game. So two years back-to-back, Florida played. So we basically played at Florida, played at LSU, then played at LSU again with nothing, and then played at Florida, played at Florida back-to-back. They had 90,000 people strong both games we played there, and and it sucked. It sucked oh, bad. And consider, like. Ohio State's toughest game on their existing schedule with a bullet is their trip to Penn State. That's right. You know, in a normal year, normal year, right? It's nighttime, whiteout, mob scene. Not this year. Now they're going to get to do that. They'll play that game at noon. Fox will pick it up and it'll be a noon kickoff because nobody cares and no fans will be in the stands. It'll be. Yeah. Right. It's a strange season. And I think it's. Like I said, I think they'll go to the drawing board. They'll figure out how they're going to lay these games out. I mean, like I said, if you go online right now, that's been ripped out. Like you can't find any Big Ten schedules right now. That includes at our site. It's not that they've pulled non-cons. It's that they've pulled the whole schedule. I think what they're going to do is they're going to preserve the homes and aways. They're going to figure out how they're going to do the spacing of those nine games for each team. Maybe they add a 10th game and then they put it back up. But I think you're right. They might try to stretch it all out. But I would I'll say tell you Wetzel's plan of just schedule it two weeks in advance. Get get the first four weeks done, and then after the two weeks, you add two more weeks to it. Because if a team gets sick and needs to back out for two weeks and you've got the whole schedule plan, now it's a huge pain in the ass to pull and, and swap and adjust. But who really cares when what – I mean, ESPN probably cares because of broadcasting and Fox, but – they'll still have the rights the way they have them and to be able to draft them up a month in advance no matter what. 
So it's not like game day's going to the game, and you have to plan around that. And and game day also makes up where they go kind of the week before, even if we did have that. So right. I, I think I think Wetzel's plan was the best thing I've heard so far, which is let's let's just make a make a, a month long schedule that we're going to try and start with. And if somebody gets sick and we have to kick it down the road, we basically have three months to to get in nine or ten games. This is not. That's not that complicated. Every right. team can have a two-week quarantine, and we still finish in three months. I think where it's going to get really messy is, to the credit, I mean, I'm glad they are, but these teams all have the ability to test right now. And I think you look at like a Clemson, you look at an LSU, what you see when the tests are coming out is you see a ton of these guys are testing positive. And I think that's where things are going to get messy because to your point, right, it's like normally you'd be like, oh, shoot, like a flu bug ripped through this team this week. What you're going to have with this is not that. You're going to have a team where, let's say, 10 guys who look and feel fine the week of a game come up with a positive test. And then it's like, you can't, I guess you can't play those guys. Like you've got to like work around that. But it's going to be really strange because obviously – especially as New York City is doing their heavy-duty testing and stuff like that, we're finding out just how contagious this thing is. Yes. So it's like real talk for college athletes, very few of those guys are going to show symptoms, but a ton of them are going to test positive, and there's just going to be positive tests popping up all the time. So to your point, the spread makes sense because ideally you want these guys to be like, look, if this guy's testing positive and we've got two weeks to play with, go put him in a chamber, you know, um, and, you know, if someone like Baron Browning tests positive for Ohio State, good God, let's go put, give him a week, and then we'll cross our fingers that a week from now he tests negative so we yep. can get him back out on the field. And I think there's going to be a lot of that. But you're not going to be able to get around. I mean, a ton of these guys are going to be testing positive all the time. I mean, it could be as much as, you know, if you look at numbers, like as much as like a quarter of the guys at some point test positive. So then it's like, there's going to be a lot of, right, pulling guys for games. There's going to be a lot of shutting stuff down and it's going to be a mess. Um, and right they're the best they can do is spread it out and give them time to try to deal with it. Yep. All right. Let's, let's get off college football for a little bit. Let's, let's move into something completely different. Okay. Patrick Mahomes got paid. Yes. Well, years. 400 to 500 million dollars it's going to land somewhere in that ballpark depending on his escalators my question to you is this i've been thinking about it ever since i saw that that contract come through what athlete is there another athlete you would offer 12 years four to 500 who's worth that money i came up with one name and it's the same person i think you i know you love him we text all the time about this guy wonder boy is he the only person in the world that you would offer 12 years, $500 million to right now? It is funny. Like we're talking about Christian Pulisic, the wonder boy from Hershey, Pennsylvania. And I'm only just, so is he Pat Mahomes caliber? No. Cause Mahomes, you could easily argue is the best football player on the planet right now. If and he's, he's not the life. best player in his sport in the world. Maybe. Right. And, and he's, he's in, though. Yeah, and he's in his prime at the most important position in the sport, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and by the way, like, again, like there's a whole other discussion where I'm like, 
once you get up to this kind of money, I mean, in football, what's he looking at? 180 guaranteed. If he got hurt tomorrow, he pockets $180. I mean, we were joking like $400 million. I get it. Like technically like he could have gotten more in the market, whatever. It's like, like the guy says in wall street, how many jets can you, uh, how many boats can you water ski behind? It's like, there's like the amount of money he's going to guarantee. Well, that's not any endorsements. I mean, we don't think he's getting hundreds of millions of dollars in endorsements. Right. I mean, people say like, yeah, he might not play out the contract, but like if he lets like $200 million, if he pockets $200 million after tax, just people understand the way finance works. He can park that money in a bank at 3% interest. That's $6 million a year to do nothing for the rest of his life. I mean, that's how much money that is. So whatever. If he doesn't make money doing anything else ever again. Right. Exactly. It's like, he's, he's good. He didn't get like taken advantage of by the system. Like not at all. fine. And frankly, like it's like that that Kansas City could give him that kind of money and not be just broken as a franchise. It's kind of a win for everyone. The I reason I the reason I think of Polisic and not just because I'm a soccer guy, and not just because he in the last two weeks has played better than any American has ever played in any two week stretch ever. Yeah, ever. And with Corona ever. and everything else going on, and the fact that that uh, the Premier League's playing to empty stadiums. People might not be aware of this, but there's never been an American soccer player who has played the way he's playing at this exact moment in time. The closest would be like the best Clint Dempsey season that he ever had. Probably his last year at Fulham would be the same thing. The reason he comes up relative to the Mahomes contract is the money is so much money that even if you compare it to like a Mike Trout, you're like, okay, well, Mike Trout, part of that is like guys don't get hurt in baseball nearly as much. They can fully guarantee that. And even still, people are like, that's so much money considering that like I can call my mom up right now and say, who's Mike Trout? And she's going to have no idea who that person is, right? Well, the um, issue is, is with Trout right now at his age, we found in baseball, you don't want to be paying these guys past 35 years old. Right. You, you don't want to be paying them $40 million, $30 million, $25 million past 35 years old. You, right. you, you can't offer Trout a 12-year deal for that. Right. Because and I think he's right. just going to be worth it on the back end. Right. And I think it's it's more of a statement about football because guys tend to get hurt and stuff because everyone knows quarterbacks are so valuable. Everyone knows Tom Brady was underpaid for like you know 15 years yeah. based on his value. And Mahomes as a brand is worth 50 times what Trout is. Like he just is. Like everyone, everyone is going to know. It's like a Steph Curry. Everyone's going to know who that person is. Yeah. And Polisic has the potential there because America really has chased this for so long. They tried to chase it with Landon Donovan and then. Well, to make it happen with Landon. Right. And Polisic really is that. At this moment in time, and again, this is just a two week stretch. He's one of the 10 best players in the world right now. Right now. Now, realistically, year to year out, it's probably more like he's probably like the 40th best player in the world or 40th to 50th or something like that. But people have gotten so cynical about the fact that no Americans ever measured up. Right now, that guy is doing that thing. So you're talking in the sport that once you get outside of our little bubble is all the rest of the world cares about is that sport. And if it was a situation where suddenly, you know, you have real World Cup success with a guy like that. He really is one of Chelsea's best players. He spends like a decade there. He globally is really respected, somehow pulls up the U.S. soccer. Like, But realistically, 
he's ultimately in in Europe still like it's going to be limited by whatever the the contracts are given. I mean, like he has a potential to make Mahomes level endorsement dollars. Yeah. But in terms of a contract, I mean, it, it kind of goes soccer contracts are a little bit weird because you get guys yeah. like Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah. And those guys sign contracts for like ludicrous amounts of money. But then you have to understand, like when an NFL contract is signed, that's backed by the whole NFL apparatus. That's right. The Constitution right. of the United States of America, finance right. laws. In in like Spain, it's like it's funny money. Who you don't know where that money came from? No. Is yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pay you sixty million dollars a year, and you're like, well, I sure hope I see that money. Um, right. So, but I no, mean, it's all, it's all funny money, and they they have very we'll, we'll just say loose finance laws. Right, exactly. So, but <laughs> in that situation, is there a scenario where? Holistic lights Chelsea on fire for two to three years. Real Madrid comes in and is like, we grab the new, we grab the entire U.S. market. If yeah. we sign this kid, here's all the money here. Like Saudi oil or whoever, like this chic just sold five yachts. So here's a billion dollars. Yep. Go nuts. Like there is that scenario. And we, and we, own, and we own the U.S. market. Right, exactly. And I think that's the power. But but again, he he would have to replicate the way he's playing right now for several years to make that happen. But I'm not saying that's impossible. Like what he's doing right now, and thank God for all of us who are just so sports starved, that the Wonder Boy from Hershey is out there every – I mean, they play tomorrow. Every twice a week, he's giving you something to hope for when we have nothing else. So thanks he's for that. So anyway. good. He's so yeah. And to see it actually play out and really work itself out for an American player to go yep. over to Europe and actually be able to hang with those guys. Yeah. Yep. And he's, and it's, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that he's, because he's probably five, eight um, and kind of like a little guy, yep. he's a phenomenal athlete. I mean, he's oh, a guy yeah. you can watch on video that he can dunk. And like he's one of the fastest players I've ever seen, and it's just like great because ninety five percent of the time those guys don't play. We were joking. We were like, it's funny to think about the fact that if Pulisic was born in Europe, and Chelsea's let's say top seven or eight other guys were born in the U.S., the U.S. men's national team would be worse than it is right now. Because none of those dudes would have played soccer. No. They were all like guy like Tammy Abraham, like that guy's starting for the Bengals right now. Like there's like half of those guys are safeties and wide receivers. Ross Barkley, that guy is like starting safety for the New York Jets. Like there is just we're it's we don't get those guys to play soccer. And Polisic's kind of like a godsend. So yeah. That's right. That's right. All right. We'll give you get off soccer. Yesterday I I talked a lot of NHL. With Sam talking soccer with you, Gary's going to stop letting leave me alone. Um, <laughs> if you, sorry, if you want to talk hockey, it's going to be a short conversation with me. No, I got no, no, plenty of that yesterday. Uh, I'm sure people didn't like it. Uh, we'll give one NFL story. This was interesting to me because uh, I, I'm super biased with the coach. Raheem Moster has – you know, came from nowhere with the 49ers. That was a super deep running back room when the season started. Guys started getting hurt. Molster played great. 
by the end of the year, everybody knew who he was. The dude was a star, um, made them a, a Super Bowl run team. And uh, now wants a new contract, didn't get in a new contract, and so now wants to be traded. Is it smart to leave Kyle Shanahan? Here's when you when you brought this question up and you brought this up to me. I was like, this is such an interesting question. It all depends on what you what we mean by smart. If he leaves the Niners, he will never have a season remotely approaching what last he did last season. I, I mean, I mean, it won't come close. It'll be won't a close. close. It'll it won't be close. And keep in mind, yes, there was that whole narrative last season of, oh my gosh, look at how many teams missed on this guy before the 49ers finally unlocked his potential. There's a little I think it's some of that is true. Right. Here's here's the big thing though. You're an NFL running back. Get paid. But the problem is, will the new teams just pay you for what you did for the 49ers? Are they going to bring you in, trade for you? You're still on that old deal and then make you earn their deal. But under their offense, you don't put up the numbers. And so are they going to actually pay you? Oh, I mean, like if you're – he's demanding a trade, but it's got to be a trade and sign or something. I would think the same thing is is they have to find a trade partner that's willing to give him a contract now. Right. If he gets paid in the trade, you're 100% right. That is a win for him because life of running backs. So even if he stays with Kyle, he could have two more great years and then never be heard from again. Right. And that's the thing. I think he's right now – Really, so I would say, right, if he stays with them next year, he ought to have another really solid year. Yeah. But he's 28, and in running back years, that's 50. And he's like, he's right. He's thinking, I don't care. I'm going to trade and go to some crap team. But if they give me a sign and trade right now, I can get some money up front. Great. It's like, go, go, go with God. If you can get a team to do that, do it. Get your money. What's funny is, is so many teams are so oblivious to what other teams are good at, and they just think, oh, look how good he was last year. Look at his numbers. I'll bring him in, and he'll do that for us. When you don't run anything close to a scheme like that, you just right. think you can make him reproduce. Right, like if he goes to the, if he goes to like the Lions or something, yeah. it's gonna he's going to fall into a black hole, and that'll be it. I don't, I don't understand. It, people do it all the time with, with Patriot players. And and they just they leave and they think oh well I'm gonna get the guy that was there no no you're not they do it all the time the smartest person in the world at football is coaching that guy and you might think you're a good coach you're not that good right it's, I, it, it's so funny to me that all these guys have such big egos they think they they can make what those guys are doing there here and every one of these coaches are good at different stuff. If you've got a guy that's a specialist and Shanahan's know how to find running backs and they know how to get productivity out of them, man, I wouldn't buy a Shanahan running back ever, ever. Well, plus two, I mean, it's like how they're – if like if they lose Mostert, Shanahan's going to find another guy. Oh, oh, oh that tomorrow. Tomorrow. I guarantee. Tomorrow will be there. But again, it's like Raheem Mostert, like get paid if right oh, if you yeah. can, if you can fleece some guy. And again, I don't want to throw total shade at Mostert. Like that no. guy's got unbelievable speed. 
And we know if that guy was on the Chiefs, he'd be absolutely yeah. crushing it, too. He's, he's, and he's strong. I mean, he is right. he's built like a truck. Right. And I mean, but yes, it really is a lot of its scheme, a lot of its situation. I mean, right place, right time. I will say, too, though, it's like teams are, I guess he's looking to try to find, let's say, that sweet spot, right? Because for a guy like him who's kicked around the league so much, his agent's probably like, look, like, no one is giving you Todd Gurley money or anything no. remotely in that ballpark, but maybe we can find a sweet spot for you where a team is like, look, yeah, I'll throw $15 million at this guy over like three years or four years, you know, and we'll just kick the tires on him and be like, look, you know, if things break right for you right now, you could get like five or six in bonuses up front. Um yeah. And, you know, and a year ago, you never would have thought that was possible. So it's like, fine, if if there's some team that's willing to do that because they see the speed and everything. But right, to your point, it's like having guys that, like, it doesn't make you the 49ers. It doesn't make you the Rams. It's like yeah. you you don't become those teams just because you pawn off a couple of their players, right? So, yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. I like Molster, and, and I'd like – him to get paid. I, I think that's always good for, for a player to be rewarded with that. And, and he, last year he was a pretty special guy, but I followed Kyle Shanahan's arc long enough to know, I, I think he makes guys like that. And I think if they lose Molster, then, then they're just going to find somebody else that we've never heard of. And next thing you know, that guy's going to be running the ball in the playoffs and looking really good. Yeah, I think so. so too. All right. Well, man, we'll get out of here. Thank you for your time. I appreciate your help with doing this. Once again, you can check him out with his buddies, Scuzz and Sam, at the Westlot Pirates. Um, they are a lot of fun. They don't. They just cover Northwestern, the majority, and all sports. We like listening to all types of sports. Um, but right now, you're going to get a full Big Ten preview, and it's a lot of fun. So yeah, and like we said, you know, what one of the things one of the things we've been thinking about, right, is with everything that you've been reading and everything, don't you just want to just just digest some just pure football content right now? You just want to talk football, not football if, not football when, just X's and O's. That's yep. what we're doing. So dive into it. We like it. I appreciate you. Thank you for your help. We'll get out of here. I appreciate it. Thank you guys right. for joining us. Yep. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.